Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to Come Along Pod, a Doctor Who discussion podcast with your two best friends, Elliot. And Amla. Hello. Hi. How are you? You know what? I could say I'm fine and lie, but I'm not. <laughs> and it's because... That's what's happened. So, <laughs> basically, last night I finished Years and Years, right? Sorry, we're going straight in with the content, guys. <laughs> So obviously, if you're not aware, Rusty Davis, our Lord and Savior, our Father, our Son, and the Holy Ghost, and the Spirit of Life, and uh, the Meaning of Life, he <laughs> he wrote a show um, called Years and Years that came out what like two, three years ago. So I had never seen it, and I really wanted to watch it, and it finally went on to Disney Plus, and I was like, well, I think that's a signal for me to start watching it now. And all I can say is that watching that has made me even more excited for Russell to come back. Oh my God. I don't think I've cried so much in my entire life. Like my heart is is just over uh, too much emotion has happened this past weekend. Let me tell you. It was 2019. Yes. 2019. Um, incredible show. It is. So good. The only thing, the only thing that the only thing it gets even remotely wrong is the believable idea that someone could start a brand new political party uh, due to the terrible nature of our first-past-the-post terrible electoral system. Uh, a new political party would never be able to get the size and funding it needs to gain power. Other than that, brilliant. It's the only unbelievable bit of the whole show. Everything else is perfect. But then you can't have the Tories be on TV because they'll take away your licence money. Exactly. Um, 
And it's also... Sorry, this is not what this is meant to be. I just <laughs> No, but no, but it's true. It's true. And it's like, what I found really creepy about the whole thing was that half the stuff that Russell wrote about has like happened. Oh, yeah. It's really weird. But I digress. Elliot, you good? You good, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been not watching anything as heavy hitting as he is in the earth. Uh, or doing anything that's interesting. So there we are. Fair enough. <laughs> nothing nothing conversation worthy. But you know what is interesting? Satellite five. Yes. Yeah? Sorry, you I sure? didn't know which one you I didn't know which one you were going with, so I was waiting <laughs> for you to I was waiting for you to say. I didn't know which one was coming first. So Well it's Satellite Five. Let's go to Satellite Five. Satellite Five. We are the news. We are the news. We we are the news. Uh, so Elliot, what's what's happening in the Docky Hughes sphere? What what happened? What's happening? What's going on? Chaos everywhere on the streets. Um, <laughs> literally, no, but literally, lit- literally. Um, I would say the first thing that I want to talk about because it's my particular area of expertise. Yeah. Uh, if you were unlucky enough to tune in to watch the Graham Norton show. Um, uh, hold on, no Graham Norton, sla- Graham Norton slander here, please. I I love Graham Norton, but light-hearted chat shows just great on me a little. Anyway, <laughs> Rusty Davis was a guest, Lord and Savior, um, father, father, uh, and may or may not have just casually announced that there was a Christmas special this year. Insane. Accidentally, I feel. Yeah, I think, well, me and Elliot think that, like, he just was talking about what's coming up and kind of forgot, if that makes sense. Because basically, they ask about, they they ask, they ask about Shooty, because Russell's not there to promote Doctor Who. Yep. Um, but they ask about Doctor Who and what's coming up, and they ask specifically about Shooty, so he says that there's three specials coming out this year in November with the beautiful David Tennant, and then you get to meet Shooty at Christmas. Yeah. Which is insane. He was there, and that's amazing, so... Yeah. And now, like, is it surprising? Because there were some photos taken where there were some Christmassy-looking behind-the-scenes things. No, is it nice to accidentally get confirmation that there is definitely a Christmas special this year? Yes. I'm just so excited, because that means when we come back in January of next year, that's the first thing we can discuss. Oh, yeah, we'll have had... Three specials in November and then a Christmas special. Oh my god, we are going to be so. Anyway, let's not talk about it. We have a lot to schedule for November this year, which is in like how many fucking months' time? And speaking of seeing Christmassy things happening outside and going, it must be a Christmas special. Boy, howdy, has there been lots of filming photos yes. that I've unwillingly looked at with my yeah. eyes? Same, like I've seen so much stuff. Um, Look, we're not on this podcast. We're not really going to say what. Yeah, I don't want you to. Yeah, I don't because I don't want to feel like because we've had it ruined by people just sharing things. Then I don't want you to feel like we're doing that for you. We're not going. Yeah, because you'd be surprised. Some people don't spend all their time on the internet. Imagine, and they haven't seen this stuff. So we just want to keep it like that in case they haven't seen anything. So if you haven't, if you don't want to be spoiled, don't worry. But um. You know, loads of casting announcements have happened. Um, you know, yes. Um, Gemma Redgrave. 
Gemma Redgrave. Uh, back as Kate Stewart, which is... There's been some mixed opinions, I think, about that. There's, yeah, I don't know why, though, because I I think it's because Kate Stewart has mostly been served by some poor writing. Yes. Um, but Gemma Redgrave is amazing. And I'm excited to see a character like Kate Stewart actually written by a good writer. Yeah, because I feel like for the last couple of seasons, she's just been standing there. Like, no offence, but she's literally just been standing there. Yeah, and she's always been used to sort of cheap nostalgia bait. Yeah. But, like, she feels interesting enough on her own where I'm quite happy just to watch her. Like, yeah. And Gemma Redgrave's a great actor. Um, I'm sure Russell will write her well. Uh, and then there's Aniron Bernard. Um, he's playing... R- Rog- Roger Ap Quilliam? A.P. Quilliam? I don't know how you say it. I'll say this. I'm a big fan of him. Uh, I've seen him in nearly everything he's done. He's an amazing actor. I first came to know who he was because he was in a film with Karen Gillan. Uh, it's called it's called We'll Take Manhattan, and um, he plays David Bailey, and she plays um, she plays Jean Shrimpton. Uh, so it's like a '60s photography kind of film. It's better than Blow Up. Sorry, I said it because Blow Up shit. Uh, don't know why everyone likes Blow Up. It's a shit film. Um, Obviously, everyone has their opinion, but that's mine. I think it's shit. But yeah, We'll Take Manhattan is a really good film. Really recommend it if you want to see some little Doctor Who crossover moments. Um, but yeah, he's a great actor. Also joining the cast, we have Anita Dobson. Yes. Genuinely quite a big get for the show. In terms of, I know she's not like a Hollywood actor and I know she's got like Neil Patrick Harris and stuff, but like Anita Dobson's like British acting royalty. Not a particularly big, not a particularly big fan of her work, but like she was in EastEnders for donkey's ears and is also married to brian may so which is iconic yeah like interesting interesting bit of casting and also michelle greenidge who was last seen in it's a sin i could not tell you who she played i do not recognize her but she seems lovely and she's also been spotted on location so watch it's a sin for clear skin and they're also posing in front of Front doors and Rusty Davis said on Instagram, "What is the significance of the doors?" I think the answer is nothing, but I think he just thought it was funny that they're both opening doors for some reason. Yeah, so loads of casting announcements, loads of filming going on. For the love of Christ, stop sharing the filming photos online. Some of us want to be surprised. Like, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Um, but yes, so that's that's the news. That is the news we are having a christmas special i'm very excited uh so now that news is done uh we have some wonderful what emails yep emails uh once again from you lovely lot thank you so much as always for taking the time to email us we really appreciate it and these were handpicked by me at random to read yes our first one contains a question so we'll tackle that first but it's also very pertinent to today's episode, I feel. Yeah. This is from James. Friend of the show. Damla doesn't know James. I know James because James is one of our very first OG listeners. And is... Oh, amazing. Uh, a friend of mine is his sister, so we love James. Hi, James. And Rosie as well, but I doubt she's listening. But hello, Rosie. Hi, Rosie. Anyway, James says... Hello, chums. Oh, chums. We love chums. Verit- veritable chums. <laughs> I've been listening right from your first episode, see? Uh, and I'm a big fan of the pod. It quickly became an important part of my Monday, now Tuesday, commute. Just had a question I thought would be interested in hearing your answers to. 
Is there an episode of Doctor Who that is universally seen rather negatively, but that you, for whatever reason, really like? Uh, for James, he says it's the Rings of Akaten. He understands perfectly why some people don't like the episode, but just thinks it's really beautiful. It looks incredible. Murray Gold's music is amazing. Matt's speech at the end is delivered perfectly, and it manages to have some really funny moments mixed in. He says it's overly sentimental, but he loves Richard Curtis films, so overly sentimental is just for him. Do you have an episode that is uh, uh. universally seen negatively that you really like? Well, now that you mention it, uh, today's episode discussion is probably my answer. I would say probably the same. Again, I have a lot of I have a lot of spicy opinions about how there's no there's no terrible episodes in the Russell T Davies era. Yeah, the worst of his stuff is still incredibly watchable and fun because it's just got a fun little air to it. I will say, I also quite like The Rings of Akaten, to be honest. I didn't hate The Rings of Akaten, I must say. Can I just quickly, now that we've said that, I do quickly just want to look at like the worst episodes of Doctor Who list and see if there's any that I... Really like Stan. Yeah. Quickfire game. Dan's going to do the top 10 and we're going to say yes or no about whether or not we like it. Actually, do you know what? I'm low-key going to do the top 15 because there's actually some really okay. interesting takes in here. Okay, you ready? Okay, game. Dan's going to do the top 15. We're going to say yes or no. Quick hot take game. I'm going to start from number 15 and go up. Are you ready? Yep. Curse of the Black Spot. Yes. Really, actually quite fun. Number 14, Rosa. No. I like it. Soz. Uh 13, Rings of Akaten. We both like that one, so we can yeah. move on. The next one, The Crimson Horror. No, no, no. no. God, no. No. Fuck Dollar no. Shit. Number 11, Kablam. I like Kablam. What's wrong with Kablam? I, uh, Kablam's... Fine. Nah, it's fun. It's fun. Message is bad. Number 10, The Ghost Monument. I actually quite enjoy that one. Yeah, I like it. Good second episode. Number 9, In the Forest of the Night. Dull as dishwater. Sorry. I fucking hate that episode so much. Yeah, just absolutely not. Number 8, Arachnids in the UK. Uh, uh, No. I don't really remember much about it, to be honest. So, no. The, the, The Doctor suffocates and spiders to death. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, number seven, Robots of Sherwood. Eh, it's fine. Ah, I enjoy it. Uh, mostly because Jenna Coleman looks amazing in her period costume. Yeah, she was. She's giving. She carries the episode. Uh, okay, almost done. Number six, Demons of Punjab. It's 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 good. I like it. I feel like yeah, that's like a people mostly cite that as a standout from the Whitaker era, right? So yeah, exactly. Number five, Praxius. Oh no. Eh. Let's leave it at that. Anyway, number number four, The Witchfinders. Boring. Ah, uh, I like The Witchfinders. Boring. Actually, uh, probably my favourite Whitaker episode, sorry. Number three, Kill the Moon. No. 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 Just the worst 12th Doctor episode. Um, Number two, Orphan 55. Literally don't remember enough about it to tell Same. you if I have any strong opinions, but I remember not enjoying it, I think. I think I thought it was okay. Uh, And then number one, can anyone guess uh, the timeless children? No. No, and not even because I dislike the twist. The episode's just boring. Like it's just the exp- it's just the master walking around saying exposition. Yeah, and you know what? I'll say one thing. IMDb get fucked because most of the bad episodes. Why were they Jodie episodes? That's just incredible. Well, yeah, it's just as I say, it's just people review bombing the Jodie Whittaker, isn't it? Even the good episodes are on there. So yeah, fucking stupid. Anyway, I will. I will say I do have. Um, uh, I have. We did quick fire. For for the sake of variety, I'll have another answer. Go on. Um, just because we both can't say love monsters, even though it's love monsters. I really like 
and I, I'm made to feel shame about this every day of my life, so please don't shout at me. Uh, I genuinely love The Caretaker um, because Peter Capaldi's comedic timing when shouting at children is brilliant. I just think it's funny. I love, like, people don't like people don't like it. I love a campy episode where the Doctor pretends to be a caretaker. It's just weird. It's funny. It's I'm sorry. It's funny. Uh, I like um, Clara talking to 12 out the window. That's a very good bit of comedy. Yeah, I think it's a very funny episode. It's all right. It's fine. So there we go. And James caps that off just by saying, I'm interested in your answers. So now that I've given mine, tag your it. Thank you very much, James. Thank you, James. Really appreciate it. And thank you for being an OG. This is from Lucy. And Lucy says, Hey, I just want to send a cheeky message to say thanks for your podcast. You're both really funny and add a bit of Doctor Who joy to my day. I'm originally from the UK, but grew up in Australia, specifically the Gold Coast in Queensland. And no one here really watches Doctor Who or understands my absolute obsession with it. When we were younger, my sister and I would beg our parents to find the episodes for us so we could watch them because they weren't really broadcast over here and barely anywhere sold them. Eventually, we couldn't get them and we had to turn to our local library, relying on them to get the DVD box sets in, so we were severely behind but loved it nonetheless. So thank you for filling my Doctor Who void. Uh, void coming up. And make me feel like I have people to discuss Doctor Who with. Also, you're both acknowledging how cringy and terrible the edit was in the other photos in the New Earth. Maybe cackle every time. And I feel seen. Also hearing Elliot... Sorry if I spelt it wrong. It's fine, don't worry about it, but you did, Lucy. Uh, talk about how <laughs> K9 launches himself into the ocean and explodes, nearly maybe laugh, cry in public. Honestly, watch the clip. It's even funnier. It just, it, it, I've, I've, I've since that episode, I've gone and found it, and it made me screech. I think it's I think it's it's the terrible K9 prop trundling towards the water over the stones at Brian Beach. And then Romana's the, just like, K9! Yeah, Lala Ward's really trying to sell that as like a piece of drama, and it doesn't work. And she, like her. I mean, her perfor- her performance is good there, but like she, well, yeah, woof, good good stuff, good stuff, woof woof. So, no, Doctor Who is also a big part of my classic Gay Awakening, which this podcast has showed me I wasn't the only one to realise I was queer thanks to Billy Piper. Yeah, fair enough. Giving you air from my lungs from Australia, Lucy. Thank you, Lucy. Thanks, Lucy. Final one here, lovely, short, and. Sweet, this is from Louisa, and Louisa says, Just writing to say, I binged all of your podcasts while playing the new Pokemon game and thoroughly loved it. Felt like Iconic. I was just chatting with friends. I can't wait for you to get to Series 3 because I love it so much, and also Series 5 because I want to hear your thoughts on the insufferable Amy Pond. Lots of <gasps> love, Louisa. No. To be fair, Season 5, uh, Series 5, Amy Pond specifically, does have an interesting trajectory. She does. Where she's not always like she's not, series five. Amy's not always the best Amy. But you do know, you know, the name of this podcast does indicate we we, we are a fan of Amy Pond. We do like it. We do like Amy Pond. We generally. love a bit of Karen Gillan. But yeah, I can understand series five Amy. You might be a bit more like. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to say the least when we get there. It is. Right. So now that that's done, uh, I think it's time to get to an episode that I think we have and the listeners have been waiting for well i hope you've been waiting for here we are complete strangers on flash and Yumi podcast
so if you can tell by the slightly giddy atmosphere up top and also by looking at the episode that you clicked on we are talking about series 2 episode 11 which includes the christmas invasion love and monsters broadcast on the 17th of june 2006 it was directed by dan zeff He's one only contribution to the show. However, he directed two episodes of Inside Number Nine. Thought that was interesting, and it was written by Russell T Davies. For shame, Zach. For shame. Yeah, Zach, Dan, Dan, Dan. Dan. Oh, Dan. Sorry. Dan Zeff. Sorry. Sorry. Oh my god. Imagine listening. Sorry. For shame. Dan, Dan. Zeff does ironically sound like a Doctor Who character. It does, but yeah, for shame, Dan. For shame. For shame. You're a good director. Yeah, you are. So. First of all, I'm just going to ask you the very obvious question because we have so much to talk about. Um, you know, I know what IMDb thinks is about. I know what you think is about. I know what I think is about. I know what fucking Absorbaloff thinks about. What do you think is about? What do you think the episode's about? I did have a note on this. And oh, sorry. Just it. to clarify, I did just say, because I feel like I just sounded like I was mumbling. I said, what do you think the episode is about? Which is a segment we do right up top before we talk about an episode. But because we have so much to fucking talk about, I just thought I'd rush through it. But then it just sounded like me going, oh, it's about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell, anyway. I genuinely, I thought of this poor going on mic and now I can't remember. Um, oh, dear. I thought it was quite funny. Um, don't trust Peter Kay. That's mine. <laughs> don't trust. Don't trust Peter Kay. And don't ever turn down a MILF. Never. <laughs> That's what the episode's about. That's what it's about. Um, Christ. Anyway, Jesus, where do we... Right, I, I'm I, say... Well, I have, a, I have a question for you. Go on, go on, go on. Okay, kind of similar to what we did with the Satan Pit. Yes. Damla, who's your favourite member of Linda? Also, oh my God. L- L- London Investigation mm, Detective Agency. Mm-hmm. I like mm. that. Fish mm. and chips, rock and roll. It's true though. He, Elton's not wrong. He's not wrong. It's just the weird emphasis he puts on the. Mm. Exactly. Um, I think my favorite is probably Bliss. Oh, bless Bliss. Bless Bliss. Um, I know that's the pick me answer, and I'm so aware and of that. She's but... a bit of a pick me. But I just love how she's like, I made a sculpture of the doctor. What, like, what he what he represents to them and what he never won't represent to no, them. Can I get the actual quote up? Sorry, can I yes, just... Yes, please. I know yeah, quotes yeah, is at the end, but hold on a minute. This is, this is... this is It's quote again, and this episode is brilliant from start to finish in terms of its lines. Um, What I'm trying to do is sum up the Doctor and what he means to us, what he could represent and what he should represent and what he never won't pre- represent sort of thing. How much do you think she smoked before she came there? Like, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> it's so good. Bless Bliss. Uh, Bless Bliss. I like every member of Linda is good. Yes. Um, but I, I have a real affinity for Mr. Skinner. Oh, babe. Mostly because mostly I love Simon Greenall because I'm a big Alan Partridge fan, so to me he's always Michael the Geordie. Yeah. Um, but... I love him. I love I <laughs> I love I love the book that he's writing. Um I'm sorry, but I've got the I've got the quote here. The Go extract on. from his book is that's the last time you ride the ghost train, Johnny Vranzetta. Now say your prayers. What what book is he writing? That's I want to know. Uh, yeah, say I want to know why Johnny Van, uh, Johnny Vranzetta can't ride the ghost train. Like w- what are you doing, Mr. Skinner? What are and you he, doing? He delivers that with such like 
I don't know. I love the. I, oh, I can't. I can't. Because it's just, it's such a needless tangent. But I love that he's like, <laughs> to be continued. And everyone's like, what though? No, you got to tell us more about Jolly Franzetta and the ghost train. Brilliant. Inspired. It's so good. Like, uh. <laughs> I'm going to say one thing to get this kicked off properly. This episode is the Random Shoes episode. Do you know what I mean? It's the best episode of the revival. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it, but if you don't like it, then you don't like fun. We've said this before on the podcast. We've talked about love. If you've not listened to the podcast before, then you wouldn't know that we reference Love and Monsters quite a bit because we find it so fun. And we actually really enjoyed this episode, unlike a lot of people in the fandom, because one, we were pick me's, and two, um, we like fun with a capital. <laughs> Christ. But you know, if you're not aware, so Tortured Series 1, there is. Uh, Tortured is a Doctor Who spin off, if you didn't know. If you don't know, you can't assume you can't assume these things. Um, there's an episode in series one of Torchwood called Random Shoes, and it centers on a character that we've never met before, and it's all about him. And that's also not a popular episode of Torchwood, but me and Elliot really quite enjoy that episode. Um, yeah, it was it was like in my top five, maybe when we did the Torchwood episode. It wasn't in mine, but I still really like it. You know, it's good. Um, I Eugene. never skip it. I never. Yeah, ugh, justice for Eugene. Um, Basically, in that episode, there's a guy called Eugene and he gets killed and um, the torture team are trying to kind of figure out what's going on with Eugene because he has this like, mystery about him. And um, yeah, it's a whole thing. Go and watch it. But yeah, this episode is based on a character called Elton who has a weird connection to the Doctor because he was there when his mum died, um, when he was younger. And he's always been trying to find that connection. Obviously, we don't know... Uh, if you've seen the episode, you know that like he he it, this episode's a lot about trauma and how like he can't access that trauma because he has a lot of shit going on, um, and he's kind of almost like forgotten that it happened because of the trauma. Um, yeah, he only remembers at the end after the Doctor resolves the yeah. of stuff, yeah. which I actually think is quite is an element of the episode that no one really talks about, uh, which is stupid because it's brilliant. Yeah, like the stuff the stuff in the middle with Jackie actually very very good yes like very revealing very well written it's it's there's really good stuff in this obviously this episode is overshadowed by I mean, the reason it has such a bad rap is because of the main creature in it which is the absorber off now i think we should get this discussion out of the way first i think it's probably better to get it out of the way now instead of the end because then we c- it kind of just shows why we like this episode so much if you know what I mean so if you're not aware I'm coming with the factoids today <laughs> how do you feel do, do you feel betrayed uh, a little yeah yeah you should yeah, um, quite a lot also if you didn't know this already then you should have but anyway the Absorbaloff was designed by a nine-year-old. Now, there's a show in the UK called Blue Peter, which is a big deal. And it was not as much anymore, but it was a big deal back in the day. And they ran a competition and it was called Design Your Own Doctor Who Monster. And if you win, it goes into an episode, which I'm sorry, that's amazing. Yeah, you got, it got to go into an episode and you got to meet the cast and watch it being filmed and watch them build the creature and everything. I mean, what it, a cool competition. And you know what? A lot of people say, you know, because look, the Absorbaloff is not liked by most people because it doesn't work and it's silly and whatever. I don't know. But 
thing is, I'm sorry, I think I just want to make it known before we carry on talking about mm-hmm. this, that the Absorboloff is, it's got a silly name and yeah. is used in an episode where it's meant to be silly. However, done with the right care and ideas, the Absorboloff, with a name change probably, because you can't say it without sounding silly as well, yeah. could be a really effective villain. The sort of dead, scared-looking faces on its torso, it, it's prime It's prime for some Cronenberg-esque body horror. Yeah. And I have a story in my head, so when we get to uh, maybe the potential of a big finish Absorboloff story, um, when I get into that, which we will get into in a sec, then maybe I can write that story. But yeah, no, I think people forget that the origins of this innately makes me love the Absorboloff. Like, I, I remember that competition going on, actually. I actually remember that. And um, I never entered because I was just, my mum and dad didn't know what to do and I didn't know what to do. But I was like six, eight. I don't know how old I was. Um, I was eight, I think. Yeah. Um, I think that's amazing. Like, you've got a child's favourite show and they get to create a creature from, you know, from their own imagination and it gets to be on this show. That's amazing. And again, I think people forget that. It's like, it was designed by a nine-year-old. It's obviously not going to completely make sense and it's going to be a bit silly. And that, I think that's fine. And I think they did an all right job of it, you know? And casting Peter Kay was insane. (laughs) Inspired, I think is what you mean to say. Inspired. Yeah, like I know it sounds silly, but I do think genuinely, if you were to if you were to take it a bit more seriously, which I'm not saying this episode should have done because it would have been a bit of a tonal whiplash, but like if you wanted to bring an absorbing creature back that has the faces of its victims that is absorbed on its torso, that could be really creepy. Absolutely. Tim Tim Shaw from the Stenzer is just the toothy knockoff of the absorbable off. Change my mind. Ah. <laughs> also, I like I like Tim Shaw. But... Yeah. Um. Elliot, question for you. Main question of this section. Do you like the Absorboloff? What do you think of the Absorboloff? What's your opinion on the Absorboloff? So I do like the Absorboloff. Yeah. Especially in the context of the episode. Yes. Again, I'm, I maintain that it is genuinely creative, could be utilised really well. In this episode also serves its function as just being a wonderfully silly over the top villain like yeah. i love i like why why has he got a mohawk i don't know but i love it um like peter k just giving everything to being insane is gold yeah. i love it i don't know like i just he's the perfect he's the perfect villain for a story like this low stakes but like entertaining and you know the doctor it's just such a mild threat that the doctor can show up at the end and literally be like, okay, I don't care. You're nothing to me. Yeah. Great stuff. I love it. I love it. I love it. But then it just goes to show, it's like, the Doctor, like you said, is such a mild threat. But, you know, in terms of, like, someone's life, a very ordinary person like Elton, it did such damage. Um, and that's, yeah, that's such a such an important thread Yeah. throughout the whole episode. Um, what do I think? Uh... <laughs> I think. I thought you go. I thought you were just leading into it. So no, no, no. I, I was, I was, I was relying on you, but I should never do that. You never ask me what I think. 
<laughs> this is true. This is actually very true. Um, what do you? But what do you hair. think about? What do you think about the absorber loft? Do you like the absorber loft? I like the absorber loft. We were robbed of a figure, and I will say that till the end of time. I yes. wanted an absorber loft figure. That would have been hilarious. Like hilarious. I think if you take the absorber loft seriously, you're actually a fool because Ursula's glasses. <laughs> were also absorbed and on her face. <laughs> like, if you think this is serious for a single second, like, actually check yourself. Bliss, bliss is on his ass. Come on. Like, it's, it's, like, it's just nonsense in the best way possible. That's why, that's why in our intro for this series, you have the, tastes like chicken. Yeah, literally. Like, you know, to quote Jackson Lake, it's, you know, beautiful wonderful utter nonsense like it's just (laughs) it's just stupid but i think that's part of it like obviously if this was trying to be serious her glasses wouldn't be on do you know what i mean um that absorber off on high Um. yeah literally (laughs) um but yeah also it's from the planet clom (laughs) i love how david tennant says clom you're not from Raxcolocophalopsaurus, are you? No, they're not. They're swine. I spit on them. I'm from their twin planet. What's the twin planet of Raxcolocophalopsaurus? Clom. 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 No, but Clom. I love... <laughs> I love when Pete... Not Pete K, sorry. The Absorbaloff is like, no, I'm not the swine. Yeah, I'm not the... <laughs> oh, they're swine. I spit on them. It, it makes me giggle every time. It's so funny. Clom. With his slightly modulated voice really, really <laughs> elevates it's it. so... Oh my god! Absorb into me. Oh, oh my god! Uh, the thing is, I watched oh some god. of the confidential. So and did I. So Pi- did I. I wa- I'm with Billy Piper, where she's like, the f- the funniest part about it is that Peter Kay's played this alien as a, an author. Yeah, like, it's so it's funny. Just, you know, there's no attempt to do anything else other than just you know, uh, lots of planets have a north. It's true. It's true. Nine wasn't fucking around, but um. Anyway, so basically, we think the Absorbaloff is good. However, I mean, I think something you said earlier perfectly, it, you know, encapsulates how I feel about it. If it was utilised better, it could have been really good. But like we said, it was designed by a fucking nine-year-old to chill. Which reminds me, and this is this is quite coincidental, I think, mm. that on January the 20th, uh, at General Pup on Twitter, who I believe is also a YouTuber, uh, also known as William or Will, I guess, whichever you prefer, uh, the nine-year-old who designed the Absorbaloff tweeted. And and he does talk about the Absorbaloff uh, occasionally. I believe there might be a YouTube video about it. Um, like, yeah, he is very open about it. Um, he, he tweeted out, When I was nine years old, I designed a monster for the Doctor Who competition. His name was the Absorbaloff. He won. He became legit. 17 years later, he needs to come back in a big finish story. So let's start a hashtag movement. Hashtag AbsorbBF. Get it trending. Bring him back. Um, he also says that um, uh, the wonderful Dom Dominic Martin uh, says that he's unrealistic. He says I'm a short-sighted fool. The absorber off box set would go platinum in ten seconds, and you know it. It would be terrific. The best. He's the absolute most marketable character in the history of the franchise. Character options disagrees. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say there is actually a video uh, on YouTube from him, uh, and he made a video, and he says. That time I made a Doctor Who monster, 2021 retrospective, which I'm going to watch and we will link in the show notes and the tweet in the show notes. I believe I have seen it and it is very good, but I need to watch it again. Um, yeah. I think 
I don't know if I don't know if a more serious version of the Absorvaloff would work in audio because it's like I say, it would be a good body horror thing. But this version of the Absorvaloff would work so well in audio because he's just a one-lining machine. Yes. You've seen aliens. Now get ready for the genuine, genuine article. article. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you you dabbled with aliens. Yeah, it's brilliant. So funny. But um, anyway. Going back to... So if we start talking about the episode now, so... Sorry, everybody. No, it's fine. It's fine. I just wanted a nice little segue. I love a segue. You know me. Um, I love the opening of this episode. I think it's wonderful because it's like, who is that? It's Mark Warren, if you didn't know. Who is that? <laughs> Why is he going up to the TARDIS? Why? Wh- what? 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 I think Mark Warren... Um, m- might be in terms of in terms of not in terms of dialogue written for the character, but in terms of commitment to the role. Yeah, might be one of the best performances of the at least of the Rusty Davis era, because his commitment to bringing Elton Pope to life is astounding. Yeah, he's he's good in this episode. I just I have my um. Damn, hates Mark Warren. Um, I don't hate Mark Warren. Okay, listen. I don't hate Mark Warren. I've just I've been forced to watch a lot of Van der Valk in my life, and I hate that show. I'm sorry. I really despise that show. Uh, it's just not good, and uh, he's in it, unfortunately. So I have to watch his face a lot when I'm forced to watch it. And it's like, okay, well, again, I don't necessarily think that he's like astounding all the time. I don't even necessarily think that in terms of the dialogue that the character's given is amazing. I just think in terms of sheer commitment to a type of character in an episode like this, he's doing it the best you could. Yeah, no, I agree. I definitely agree. And I think he's very likable in this episode. He's very sweet. Um, he's never going too hammy, but like he no. does he does all of the... Because he has some really funny lines that he delivers very well. Yeah, and like I really love... Do you know what I think they could have expanded on a lot more? Um, the video diary format. I feel like they could have added more of that in. I don't think there was enough of that because I love that. I think it's really fun and like, you know. Also, I love how this is edited, this episode. I don't know if you noticed, but I just love the cuts are so well thought out. Yeah. The cut when he first mentions meeting Ursula. Yes. With it cutting to her getting absorbed. Because that scream that Shirley Henderson does is... Oh, love Shirley. Like, gratingly amazing. I love the cut when he's like, uh, you know, the creature kind of goes raw and then it kind of cuts to the hoiks. And then he's like, you know, and then everything went mad. Yeah, I just love the idea of like this random person doing this like little video diary. What for? I don't know. He's just doing a video diary because he can, I guess. Um, for the blogs. For the blogs. For the blogs, innit? Um, I'll tell you what it is, right? I mean, I love a Doctor Light episode. Weirdly, I really do like them. And if, because, you know, if this episode didn't exist, we probably wouldn't have got Blink, we wouldn't have got Turn Left, you know. Some really good episodes. Really amazing episodes. And it kind of, right. So I don't know if you guys have listened to Doctor Who Redacted. So if you're not aware of what Doctor Who Redacted is, it's a podcast series that came out last year. Um, and it centers around a group of three women. And they have a podcast called The Blue Box Files. And it's basically them trying to track down this blue box 
that's been going around in time and everything. And it's a wonderful podcast series. I'm going to get Elliot to listen to it, aren't I? You're going to listen to it, aren't you? I am going to listen to it. And we're going to count it as canon as part of the 13 Doctors run when we get there. Yeah. So when we get there, we're definitely going to do a whole episode on Redacted because it deserves its whole episode because it's fucking wonderful. And Juno Dawson, she did a great job. Um, She's the writer. I do like Juno Dawson. Love Juno Dawson. She's great. Uh, She saw our uh, story, actually, when I posted about how much I love Redacted. And I was like, oh, okay. Hi, Juno. Um, Anyway, so the kind of Linda vibe in this episode and then like the Blue Box Files podcast kind of format. I love, I think that's why I love Redacted so much because I love Linda in this episode. I um, I would like to see a re a, a reformed. I mean, I guess that's kind of what Redacted is, but I'd love to see a reformed version of Linda. Not even necessarily of Elton, but like the Linda group still trying to like yeah just do Scooby Doo stuff. It'd be great fun. Wouldn't have to be very serious, but I'd love Linda. Redacted uh, talk about Linda because they're like, oh, you kind of like the Linda lot, and they're like, yeah, we've heard about them. We're kind of similar. Yeah, so you, I think you're really gonna like it. We're gonna link. Uh, redacted in the show notes so listen to it on BBC Sounds and Spotify and all of that um, the Linda group dynamic is just I think that's what I truly love about this episode it reminds me my initial what this episode is about is always think of uranograms ahead of time yes there you go yeah that was my original one but shoehorned in halfway through the episode um yeah, the Linda dynamic is lovely. I love all of them. I I I root for Mr. Skinner and 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 Bridget. Oh, and Bridget so much. They deserve better. And you just know that, like, you feel so much sympathy because obviously Bridget travels down from the north every week for this meeting um, that they have, and it's so sweet how like they meet up initially to talk about the Doctor, and then it becomes like a little weekly like meet up just our friends. Yeah. It's realised they're mates. It's so good. It's so good. And like, you know, they all bring cake, which looks really good. Um Yeah. Bridget Bridget cooks. Mrs. Skinner reads from his novel. Yeah. Um, and they find out that Bliss can play the guitar, so they start yeah. on the Hello Tribute Bed. And it's like if you think that whole bit is stupid, then you actually can get fucked because it's so wholesome and so fun. Like, shut up. Shut yeah, up. and if yeah, if you th- if you watch that and you're going like, oh, how am I meant to take the stakes of this episode seriously? Well, the 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 joke's on you because it's fun. It's fun to watch all of them play ELO. Yeah, and this episode was actually my introduction to ELO. Genuinely. Yeah, I don't think I'd heard them before. I love um, Mr. Blue Sky. It's one of my favorite songs. And yes, I liked it before it was in Gardens of the Galaxy. So, hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. 
If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Bye. Um, OG fan of I love, I love the, uh, yeah, I love the Eltons. Like, I like, I like footy, I like having a pint, but most importantly, I like Jeff Lynne and his electric light orchestra. It's like, brilliant. Okay. It's so good. Uh, speaking of Elton at the start, I also love how they have this like civilian perspective on all the stuff that's happened so far, like in London. So mm. like, um, you see Elton the night the Autons start to attack. So they refilmed all of that Auton action, which is a lot of work. I mean, there was a few clips that I recognised from episode one, but yeah, a couple, still. a couple of inserts from Rose, but a lot of a lot of it because I, I didn't realise how much of it was refilmed until I watched the confidential. Confidential, yeah, yeah. Um, and so by the then... way, uh, his his face when they smash through the window, and he like he looks like a cat that's been frightened. Yeah, yeah, he does. He really like because he's <sighs> hikes his yeah. shoulders right up. It's it's great. so true. Yeah. And then he we see his reaction to the Slovene ship crashing into Big Ben. And then Christmas Day, when he's nice tucked up in bed, and then suddenly his glass just smashes. Which I always forget that, like, because they don't, you don't ever get a ground perspective on that one. So no. I sort of forget that, like, the the Sycorax ship, like, causes a sonic wave when they come through the atmosphere. Yeah, because obviously when um, Rose was crying with Jackie in the flat, and then all of the glass shattered. Um, yeah. God, now I'm thinking about it. Their Christmas dinner must have been breezy. Because the glass is shattered. <laughs> yeah. I think they forgot about that. Oh, plot hole. Um, oh well. But yeah, like, um, be terrified to be laying in bed and have your windows blow. Like, and he had, to, he had to invent a pulley system to get his boots. Yeah. Like, amazing. A rudimentary pulley system. It's good. It's just funny. I love it. And I love seeing people's perspectives on these scenes. Because there's some things in Doctor Who, that's one of the criticisms of the show, especially in New Who, is that like people seem to forget that these things happen or like they have a convenient way of writing them out of the story. Um, it's almost like in turn left again, another doctor like episode when uh, Donna at the, in this timeline parallel universe, she never met the doctor and like the Ragnos. We, we, we were seeing the star in the sky, the big star, the Ragnos web uh, across London. It's just interesting. I like seeing the different perspectives. Um, and I like, I like that. I, I love that in, in Runaway Bride, she has Donna has a reason why she's not seen any of the yeah Doctor's antics to holiday or you know it's just like she's just never she's never been there to see anything happen. She was like scuba diving. I went scuba diving. Even and then even in even then right is it the is it end of time? I think it's end of time, isn't it? When they're like do whatever and she's like oh, did I miss something again? again? <laughs> no, it's great. Love. It's so great. It doesn't have to be Love. overcomplicated. It's just. So good. Um, so yeah, I love that perspective. No one, no one in classic Who was ever like, blimey, do you remember seeing all those hortons on the street? Like, yeah. No one, no one cares. Yeah, that's like, terrifying. Why it, yeah, why do uh, I don't know? I guess it's because there's more of a human element in New Who. People are like, why do they not talk about it more? But like, no one ever talks about it. It's just the way the show is. I think. Do you know what would have been really cool? I think. If the Linda group had been founded by like Clive, right? Mm. And he was like the OG member. And that's kind of because the basis of how they formed, I think it was obviously Ursula, wasn't it? Right? Because they yeah, found her 
posts. Yeah, yeah. I think Elton Elton finds her on a message board, finds that she yes. lives really close by, and then like she she's been talking to those people anyway. So and I think kind of... it would have been cool to have that little thread in there. Like, there's a reason why they've all come together in the first place is because Clive started it, and then obviously he mysteriously disappeared because of the Auton attack, and then that's another thing that would have been cool. I think, but that's just a little side note. Um, Another big part of the episode appears because Peter Kay's not just the absorbable off. He's Victor he, Kennedy. He's, he's Victor Kennedy. I have thoughts about this. I didn't realise how many good little one-liners Victor Kennedy oh, yeah. had. Eczema. At all. I, why does he, I, can't, I can't work out if Peter Kay doesn't know how to say eczema or if that's just a joke. I can't work it out. Well, he was doing his accent. He's like really formal British accent which is phenomenal by the way it's really good and like I think because he's taking the piss out of posh people he's just saying eczema instead of eczema I do think okay so I have some issues with the Peter Kennedy thing Peter Kennedy Peter Kennedy wow Yeah. Victor Victor Kennedy (laughs) Victor K yeah exactly Christ Um, so Victor Kennedy I have issues with I wish he was introduced more seamlessly I think it would have been better if he mm. was introduced in a different way, maybe if he had read Ursula's blog as well. Yeah. And then had met up with Ursula and then they'd integrated him in and he was kind of nice at first. And then suddenly he was like, guys, we need to fucking get on this. And then that's how he suddenly becomes the lead. And then does it. I think that would have been better. That's just me. Yeah. Just already a member of the group rather than just turning up. Because no offense, in real life, most people would be like, who the hell do you think you are swanning in here? Go away. That's just me, though. I don't know about you. What do you think? Um, yeah, but also, it's love of monsters. No, I know, but I just think for me, <laughs> if that element had been a bit more seamless and a bit better written, sorry, I think it would have made me love this episode more than I already do. That's fair enough, though. So he's just like lights. That's funny. It was funny. Lights. Who are you? I am your salvation. All of his, all of his one lines are so good. Magnificent. I could kiss you, but I can't because of the eczema. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, like same, yeah. <laughs> same, sis. But yeah, I just think that could have been integrated a bit better, personally. Yeah, you know, it is integrated really well, though. The tortured reference. Yes, the tortured files. Um, yeah, we're getting so bloody close as well. It's so all close. Of that paying off. But not yet, though. So stop bringing it up. Yeah. I can't believe, by the way, I'm really happy, and this is such a low bar, they didn't just kind of use press shots of Billy Piper. Like, they do look like their photos taken of Rose while she's like... like I mean, I can tell the end of the world one, like, I, I, know that it's, I know that it is a publicity shot, but they're at least, they at least look like re- reasonable candidates. You know, where like normally they'll just like print out a screenshot of someone from an episode. Like, they're not great, but they look better than most candid photographs in TV shows do. Well, the thing is, it's like, I have this issue with uh, Let's Kill Hitler in Series 6, when the Doctor's like, well, the TARDIS is like, got holograms of the past companions coming up, and they've used publicity shots of Donna, and, well, not Donna, sorry, um, Catherine, uh, Freema, Billy, and it's like, what are you doing? What the hell? The um the shot all the photos of Rose in Jackie's flat are really good. You can tell that like Billy Piper's just handed over photographs. Yeah. 
from her family home. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, they're exactly. great. Yeah. But yeah, um, sorry, that was a bit of a tangent on photos, but there you go. Uh, no, I, I I needed to mention it because it does it, it pisses me off in shows when they just. Yeah, no, I hate it. I really hate it. Um, I really love how as soon as he comes in there, he's like, oh my God, no. Do you know what reference I flipping died over? When like, obviously it's like, now we need to get to get close to the dog. So we have to get close to the companion. Um, We don't have much on Rose because of something called bad wolf virus. Yeah, it's good. Screaming, screaming. So good. But then obviously the way he does that is to find... Jackie, because uh, just oh, in, in one of the best bits of comedy in the whole series, but that whole honestly that whole thing where he's going through the steps and you've got to prowl the streets of London, and then that first woman, she's just like, oh yeah, it's Jackie Tyler, it's Rose Tyler, Jackie Tyler's daughter. They live down then, there. A bit weird. And then, he, <laughs> and then he walks off, and straight away he's just like, right now I still got to find her, and then someone's just like, Jackie. Yeah, Jack A! <laughs> it's great, it's so funny. Pop quiz, get him in. Oh, Jackie. Right, more Jackie Tyler is never a negative. Ever. This is this is a Jackie Tyler episode. It's amazing, and I'm so glad that Jackie has her moment, you know? Um, it's so good. And I love how, like, you know, Elton's like, okay, phase one, you have to engage in conversation by, you know something i don't know and every point on how to engage conversation jackie just does yeah it's like what is it? it's like you've got it you've got to you've got to, you've got to engage the target in conversation and then she's like you don't have a don't have a pound for 250s do you yeah and then yeah and then he's like you know always like it's sustain sustain the conversation engage your target and then she's like oh here we are complete stranger flashing you in my knickers and then where it's like yeah you've got to then find a find an excuse to get into their home or get closer to them and yeah she's like oh my washing machine's broken don't suppose you'd fancy coming out to fix it do (laughs) (laughs) i will say jackie's very trusting of strangers it's not good but i think in a in a i think it's twofold i think one is in a sort of way that exists in the east end yeah yeah it's maybe dying out a bit more now but like even then was still quite a thing like back in the day, um, it was like, oh, you could just leave your back door open and all that. Yeah, vibe. like everyone, everyone on the estate around there in the East End are all mates, and everybody does yeah. everybody a favour. Um, and also yeah. just her being so lonely. Like, do, do you think that? She, do you think that? Yes, her washing machine needs fixing. But do you also think that she just fancies him right there? I think she fancies Elton straight away. Yeah. Yeah. He don't meet many Eltons. Yeah, I think she definitely fancies Elton. It's. I just get so upset same um later on because you just know that jackie feels quite she obviously has a massive thing about identity she connects her a lot of her identity to rose which a lot of parents do um and obviously rose is away with the doctor and she just feels a little bit lost and then when she realizes oh look attention on me for once someone caring about me and it always goes back to the doctor it's really sad i don't like that scene when she's just like well, you know, I um, I thought I'd uh, give you a tenner because you're one of the guys that would probably be would refuse it. So I thought I'd put it in your pocket, and then I found a photo of my daughter, and it's like, oh no. And even yeah, and even then when Elton's like, oh no, it's nothing like that. It's nothing pervy. I just wanted to you know know about the doctor, and she's like, yeah, I know. I yeah, this might be it. Might be Camille's best performance, I think. For sure. 
because she's given room to breathe. And some of those speeches that she has is really genuinely upsetting. Yeah, and it's like when she is like, I will protect them both to the end of my life. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to cry, stop. Yeah, and I love, yeah. Um, yeah, just when she's like, yeah, like the people who get left behind and it's hard. Yeah, and you become hard. Um, become hard. It's really sad and it's like, because obviously, I mean, the Doctor and Jackie relationship has come so far. Um, you know, she reported him to the bloody authorities back in the day. And now yeah. she's like, I will literally protect him with my life. She's gone from stitch this, mate. To, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I to, would die for you. To, to die, yeah. And it's it's lovely. And I think also something it does quite well is because I think if you, without the, without this scene in it, you could be a bit like, it's kind of troubling because Jackie is like very, very aggressively forward. It's kind of inappropriate. It is, it is a bit inappropriate. But, but I think it, 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 it earns it when when he comes out. Which, by the way, when, when he comes out shirtless and he's like, it's like, if it was hot in here, it's about to get a lot hotter. He's very funny. <laughs> um, but like, I think it earns it when she's like, I, I'm being like, stupid. What am I doing? What am I doing, man? Yeah, like, you yeah, know, like, I'm put sorry. your shirt back like, on, please. Yeah, um, yeah, like, which is very sad. It's very, very heartbreaking in that moment. Yeah, and yeah, and do you know what? The whole bit of the confrontation makes it even sadder because it's like, um, you know, that Elton's not a bad person. Yeah, and I think he genuinely does like Jackie. Unfortunately, he has no backbone. At all. So when someone tells him to do something, he just feels like he needs to do it. And then obviously he he comes to that realization on his own, where he's like, "I'm just. I actually really like Jackie as a person. I just want to like look after her a little bit. She just seems a bit sad. I'm gonna go out, get us a pizza. We're gonna turn the music up, and all your neighbour next door as mates. Proper go mates. On. Yeah. Go on. Say yes. Oh, oh it's so cute. Yeah. It is. It is really sad. And then. But then I like that Elton gets a backbone because I re- I really love yes. the confrontation that they have with Victor Kennedy. I mean, I love the fact that like be- just before that, when he has a little montage about Ursula in his head. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I've been blind. I realise all the time. Yeah. But yeah, I love that little montage. It's very very cute. Um, and then yeah, you know, he stands up to, P- to Victor, uh, and is like, you know, we used to be, you know, we used to be a little. We used to be like good friends, and you know, Bridget's not here, and Bliss is gone, and I don't yeah, blame. Like, them. Is it anyone? Is it anyone that they stop coming? Yeah. And then he's like, you know, I said we're gonna go out for a meal together. <laughs> I love that. Just in the middle of a really angry rant, he's just like, "An Ursula, me and you, we're going out for a Chinese." She's like, yeah. "Are we?" It's like, "Yeah." <laughs> and then, and then when when they do the walking out, I just love when he's like, "He's like, Mister Skinner, are you coming? Not to the Chinese, if you don't mind, but just to walk it out." Yeah. <laughs> That's why. That's why his delivery of that line is so good. Like that's it's such a so good, good comedy line. Yeah, um, so Mr. Skinner, are you coming? Not to the Chinese, if you don't mind. That's just <laughs> so good. I will say the whole right. So you know how um, Victor kind of lures his victims in. It's very silly, but at the same time, it is actually kind of eerie because of that bit of like score in the background. I yeah, like, I think I think the the other two you sort of. You, you don't get enough of a reasoning because he's just like, oh, you know, stay behind. But he knows it's not going to work. So, yeah. When he's like, Mrs. Skinner, can I have a word with you? And I love that Mrs. Skinner goes, but, but we're walking out. Walking out. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he's like, no, hang he's on, like, we're I've, protesting. I've you. got numbers for Bridget. I can help yeah, you. But he, because he's so in love with Bridget, he's like, I need to help find her, you know. And you know, it's really sad. And you know what's mad is that 
Elton and Ursula could have been so happy together. I mean, they are still at the moment, but like, obviously we'll get there later. Blah, 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 blah. Um, if she hadn't left her phone behind. If she hadn't left her phone behind, they could have yeah. gone. And then... But then again, they would have returned probably to... At some point, maybe yeah. to find them. You know, I still think they probably would yeah. have ended badly because they wouldn't have just like not looked for Mr. Skinner and Bridget and they would have been like, right, what's going on? You're obviously at the heart of this because they're not stupid. Um, but they could have had a bit more time together, you know? Yeah. I mean, they have all the time in the world. We'll get there. Save it. Save it. Oh, it's so sad. It's so sad. Yes. And then that's that's the thing. It like has its last little genuine moment of being like, Oh, when Mrs. Skinner dies and then it goes into insanity for about five minutes. It is actually insane. Like, as they come out and say, you know, we're not stopping, we're just coming to get my phone. I actually really like how that bit's filmed. Like, it starts on that really big wide and you're not, you can't, you can't see um, Victor, you just see the newspaper being held up. Yeah. And it's actually quite eerie because you're like, just go, just leave, leave the phone, leave, you know something fishy's going on. Yeah. Yeah, they could have just grabbed the phone and gone. Yeah. And they would have been fine. Ugh. Yeah. Because I don't think in that moment he was actually going to kill them because he still had that mission to find the doctor. Um Yeah, I think it's only it's only when they when they've seen him. Yeah, and Ursula's like your hands. Oh my god. Oh You've god. Dabbled with aliens. Now meet the genuine article. Oh, it's awful. And then, like, there is. I love the way that he does. He's like, he does. I think it's, it's maybe has some troubling implications about sort of body image and fat people, but I do like yes. how much he sort of revels in his grossness. Yeah. Like, he sort of lays back in his chair and he looks grotesque, but he's like, his like hands are in the air and he's like, oh, it's like, yeah. And then, like, obviously, there's the whole thing with, you know, Ursula dying ish getting absorbed but yeah so like obviously ursula goes over grabs his cane to hit him and he's like please don't hit me i'm a weak and feeble creature but the thing is if she had hit him hard enough the cane would have broken he would have just gone which is so sad to think about it's not the first time she's threatened to hit him though oh my god no when she defends elton that was so cute and she's like you'll get one hell of a slap from me and a good kick yeah it's very funny it's just, it's just the way there's like a pause that's just like, and a good kick. And it's like, I love that she wears the pants in this relationship. He's a Toby. Let's be real. He's a Toby. He is. He also yeah. looks a bit like Toby. A little bit, yeah. It's true. Um, but then, oh, when Ursula gets absorbed, it's so sad. But also really funny because she appears with glasses on. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And then... Elton runs and you get the sped up shots of Oh my god. The absorbal off running. See, <laughs> the running bit does just it takes away from the episode, I think. It's like, oh my <laughs> god. I think I think by that point, I think it's like <laughs> I'm having so much fun that I'm like Peter Kay dressed in like a massive green fat suit with his arms flailing in the air carrying a cane just sort of going as he's like running yeah. after Mark Warren is funny. And the, funny. and the Dutch angles, the Dutch angles, oh my god. Yeah, the sped up footage, trying to make it's it, are they funny. trying to make it look threatening? I don't know, it's funny though. <laughs> it's hilarious and then obviously we get the doctor, the doctor comes in. You upset my mum. No one upsets my mum. No one upsets my mum, love it. Yeah no, I, I also, do think that's actually, go on. 
Oh, just really, really strong Rose look that she doesn't really revisit, but she looks fucking hot there. No, I love her pigtails. Yeah, she looks amazing. Love that outfit. Um, yeah. Is it double denim? Am I wrong? Is it double denim? Ooh. Might be double denim. It might be double she denim. Does, she does wear double denim. Yeah, no, I mean, it's Billy Piper. She can pull off anything, but like double denim. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a fan of double denim, if anyone's wondering. But yeah, like I love that Like when the Doctor appears, he's like, you think other oh, doctors come and go, oh, stop you, fiend, or something. No, obviously not like that. You know what I mean? In the true Doctor fashion, like, get in the TARDIS, Bzzzt, whatever. No, he just comes out and goes, someone wants to have a word with you. And Rose just comes out, you upset my mum. You upset my mum. <laughs> no one upsets my mum. And you know what? She's right. She's right. No, yeah, no one upsets Jackie. Can't do that. But yeah, especially because the first time Elton's seen the dogs, so he's had the, who was your steak? You want your steak? Was it a pork chop? Yes, run. Like, yeah, he's actually, he's doing, he's doing stuff with the hoiks. Whereas, yeah. yeah okay, that just, scene. Can we talk care. about that really quickly before we move on? Because I don't want to forget about this. Yeah. I love, I love, obviously the best part is, you said blue. I said not blue. blue. Like, <laughs> yeah. But I love. Her, her screaming as she runs over. She's ah. She's, and then obviously the chasing in the corridors is amazing. But my favourite, I think, underrated bit is when he's got the meat in his hand. He's like, come on, come get the food. Run, run. I said, run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's good. He's he's giving so much effort into that. David's pronunciation of things. Okay, we have to start a new segment each episode. Best tenant enunciation delivery. slash pronunciation. Best tenant oh, okay. delivery. Well, there's, okay, there's a very clear winner in this episode. Plum. Okay, oh. wait, no, no. But I can't. I I want to save it by favorite line. Okay. Okay. Fine. 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 That's fine. But it's uh, it's not. It's after he maybe figures out that he can save Ursula. Something that we actually moved past really quickly. I want to go back to for two seconds. So obviously, before the Absorbloff gets absorbed, um, when he absorbs Ursula, he was low key orgasming like for like ten seconds. Oh yeah, it's creepy, isn't it? It was so fucked. I was like, like, this is a kids show, and then he snaps out of it. She tastes like chicken. <laughs> so funny. Also, why does the accent change? Like, why couldn't he have just kept the accent? It goes as a, I have your salvation to, oh, it tastes like chicken. Yeah, it just, uh, I do think that was a bit weird. Um, <laughs> it's just playing a northern alien. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, planets have a north. I, I like, actually... On a serious note, I really like the whole thing of like when the cane is broken. Because obviously when Ursula and Mr. Skinner and all them are like um, absorbed, they can kind of read his mind. So they've kind of got a hive mind, weirdly. Um, and Ursula's like, break the cane, break the cane. Um, and it's a, that thing in the cane, it's like a... It's, a... it's a suppression field. That's it. And when that's broken, he gets absorbed into the earth. I think that's a really cool thing. Yeah, it's a really cool idea that you have to. Yeah, he has to suppress his own ability, otherwise he just absorbs and absorbs and absorbs everything. Absolutely, and um, I do find it funny that like to kill the absorber or to distract him, they're pulling their faces out of his. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, it would probably work, right? I guess if you had like sentient faces on your body, if they started trying to pull against you, it would be a bit painful. I think. Okay, this is a little headcanon I have for the Absorbolov. I think after a while of the faces being there, they start to like go away because on his shoulder there's this one you can see that's like kind of faded. Yeah, I assume they sort of like after a while actually die just go. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why you I have think. to absorb new ones all the time. 
Exactly, yeah. So I'm going to say that that's a fact. I'm going to call it now. Yeah. No, I, I would be inclined to agree. Reminds me of the movie Society, for anybody who's seen the movie Society. I have not seen it. If you haven't seen the movie Society, do watch the movie Society, unless you are particularly squeamish about um, orgasms and body horror. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Something that I really quite like is when, after Ursula is gone and, like, you know, the Absorbaloff's been absorbed by the Earth, we get that explanation from the Doctor. And I love that we go back to the video diary from Elton and, like, the kind of... Again, I wish there was more of that. I wanted more of that throughout. Um, it's kind of like... The, I'd love that as, like, the narration of the episode, to be honest. Like, more. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was that was the narration I said, but in vision, I mean, because I wanted to see it more in vision, because we heard a lot of it, you know, just through voiceover. Um, I love that Rose was so annoyed at Elton, and then in the end, she's Rose, so she was like giving him a little hug, being like, you know, comforting him because obviously his mum died and he didn't realise. He realises, and I honestly, the idea, just the line about the living shadow in the house is like, yeah, is that the Vashti Narada? Do you think? I was wondering that, and I think it's just like a happy coincidence. Because if it was a Vashna Rana, she'd be a skeleton, wouldn't she? But I would like to see an episode. Because it's like, it has it has an aesthetic that I really like. I love its, I love its 70s production design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it looks yeah. like a real house from the 70s and 80s. Um, which, I mean, it's probably mostly because it's like, probably a house that's not been touched since the 80s and is now worth like 200 million pounds because, yeah. you know. Our economy's fucked, but um, yeah. I love the I love the design inside, and yeah, I'd love to see like a little sort of just an ordinary house and like a street in the middle of Britain, but there's like a shadow that's hiding in there in plain sight that can kill. Because um, I love that shot. I love that shot of tenant standing in the lounge, and you've got him. He's bathed in like the orange street light. Which, by the way, things set in Britain don't use orange street lamps enough because they are everywhere and. Like more house interiors should be lit by orange street lights because if you live on a main road, when you yeah. come downstairs at night, you never need to put a light on because your house is orange. Absolutely, I think you're so right. I think I love how Elton's flashbacks are shot. I think it's really well done. Like I love the shot of when his mum's walking away. Obviously, it's like metaphorical, isn't it? But yeah, it's lovely though. Yeah, and, and you get like Mr. Blue it, Sky, and you've managed to humanize like uh, by having that like shot where she's like doing the washing up in the sink, and it's like a home movie style. Yeah. Thing and yeah, and then she walks away, and everyone's just left standing there. Genuinely, it makes me very uh, that it made me a little sad. Yeah, and then you've got Mister Blue Sky in the background. Mister Blue Sky, yeah. Perfect rendition. Yeah, I I think that would be an amazing episode, like set in the seventies, eighties, with a shadow kind of haunting the street. In the UK, oh my god, that'd be a good shooty episode. Come on, come on, Russell, what are you come doing? On, Satsuma, um, Sat Suma, and then we get to the end, which is the most spoken about bit of the whole episode, because the Doctor saves Ursula because the last victim was he was able to like resurrect her, like from or stop her from being absorbed, and her face. Elton, fetch a spade. Yeah, there you go. Is is there? It is amazing. It's so good. I've got like, I've got better lines for my favorite lines. That's why, but it's good. The way David Tennant says that. It, no, it's good, but I love how like her face is just on a slab. Um, it's oh. it's interesting. Listen, it's very I'm inter- just gonna, she's still she's still Elliot, got the glasses. I'm, gonna say it. I'm just gonna say it. Listen to me. 
if he wants to stick his dick in a slab, let him do it, all right? Mind I your mean, business. Like, she's consenting. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. I also, I think it's meant, because uh, Russell, Russell C. Davis, this is why he's the Chad, um, totally still, even to this day, believes that that is a wholesome, happy ending. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, I think it's children's TV. I don't think it's meant to be interpreted as like, you know, she she a sentient paving slab sucks his dick. I don't think that's the intention. No. I think it's just I think they make out. I think that's kind of the intention there. Yeah. Um and it's meant I'm to just be a little silly joke. Thinking. But everybody takes it as yeah. They the the a paving a very heavy paving slab is yeah, not good. Not good. <laughs> but I'm with I'm with Russell on this. I actually I think it's quite it works out all well in the end. I think it's quite a sweet ending. For its madness, yeah. it's quite sweet. <laughs> oh, it's just, there's a lot of thoughts. And you know what? At the end of the day, don't judge, all right? And she's still got her glasses on. Still got those bloody purple glasses on. Oh, Christ. Do you think they're and fused to her face? Maybe. Hmm. Maybe. Do you think they need cleaning? After Elton's done with it. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate you so much. <laughs> no, I think they sit down in front of the telly, they do a little face mask together, and he puts a little face mask on her and he gives her glasses a little wipe. <laughs> you know? I'd like to I'd like to have seen like a little montage of I don't know, them riding like a tandem bike, but she's just a paving slab set on like the back seat. Like, <laughs> I just I honestly, if Having you really deep it too much, if you deep it too much, you could go anywhere with it. So we're just gonna leave it there. Like it, when Elton dies, then she's just a sentient paving slab that couldn't talk to anybody, but would presumably be alive forever. Like you know, yeah, yeah. that's quite horrible. But you got to think about the romance. Well, she says she doesn't age. Doesn't mean she doesn't die. True. Like Captain Jack. Like I mean, he does age, but not fast. They could, they could do like a, they could have done a blink sort of thing where, you know, it's, she's a paving slab that can't age, but she gets to see like old Elton dying. Her being like wheeled in a little trolley and she's only got till the rain stops. <laughs> I we need to move on because it's getting too much now. I can't think about it. It's gonna make me scream. Where's the Ursula figure, bitch? I want the Elton figure that comes with a little Ursula paving slab. <laughs> no, the Absorbaloff that comes with the Ursula paving slab. Yeah, oh my fucking God. Hoik's got a figure. Give me an Absorbaloff and yeah. Ursula paving slab. I don't understand the fact that Hoyt's got the Hoyt's got a figure. I don't get that at all. I don't understand that whatsoever. Um, I also, as well, just to be remotely serious for a second, which I do apologise for. I think actually, genuinely chilling when Elton sort of says in his voiceover that he he wonders what terrible things are going to happen to Jackie and Rose. Yeah, because it's you know yeah. very soon that not good things are not happening to Jackie and Rose. Yeah, it's very, like, you know, the foreshadowing started, I'd say it started from day one of the, uh, well, not day one, um, from series two onwards, but I'd say the, the foreshadowing really kicks in during the Satan pit and then onwards. Like, really Bally heavy foreshadowing. Child who dies in battle. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, that I is quite like, chilling. And I like that the remote zoom comes back. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, and he's like, I've got a remote zoom in the end, and it's like, oh. I do genuinely wonder what Elton and Ursa are up to at the moment, but... Yeah, I want to know. I reckon they're still doing Linda. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool if he came back later on, to be fair, but also... Not trying to find not trying to find the Doctor, but just, like, stopping aliens, Linda, 
Elton Pope and Ursula the Paving Slab. <laughs> and on that <laughs> note, I think it's time to get into the wrap up. <laughs> okay, Elliot, question, darling. Question for you. Mm-hmm. What's your standout moment from this episode? Oh God. Um I, I like I like the montage of Linda becoming friends. It's I yes. could watch it on repeat. It's like crack. Just inject yeah. it into my veins. It's so adorable. So everything from him from Linda kicking off properly to like Victor Victor arriving is like amazing to me. Like Snap. Yep. I love there there are there are probably technically better parts of this episode, like the stuff that Jackie says, but that is I could watch that on repeat. So I'm glad that you feel the same. I feel exactly the same. That's exactly what I've written down. Um, I love that stuff. That's what makes me love this episode so much. Bellissimo. Bellissimo. I gave, I gave my love a cherry and had no stone. <laughs> gave my love a chicken and had she's no really, stone. She's really trying to sing that. <laughs> it's great. It's yeah. great. Um, so what was your... What, what was the moment that didn't really work for you? <laughs> I don't know, man. Because it's sort of nothing, but also everything, but also sort of nothing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, uh, mine's, the, mine's the Victor Kennedy thing. You know, like, they, I think they could have been yeah. a bit more seamless uh, incorporating him into the story. That bit didn't really work. But apart from that. No, I don't. Uh, um, if you don't have anything, you don't have anything. That's I don't, fine. I don't. I don't. Because everything that doesn't work is also what makes the whole thing work. Yeah. Like in terms of the way the story is structured, everything sort of perfectly fits into place. Yeah, that's fair enough. But yeah, that for me, that's literally the only thing that doesn't. Work. And that's fair enough. Yeah. So you know, well, if you if you you know if you listen to this podcast, if you don't know, then listen up. So we usually have after this question, we usually ask, "What's our most doctory moment?" Um, the doctor doesn't really appear in this episode. I mean, the most doctory moment would be that he resurrects Ursula into a paving slab to give to Elliot to, to Elliot. Not to you. You don't have Ursula on the paving side. Uh, to Elton. Um, so we've decided we're going to do... What's the most Elton-y moment in this episode? Which, for all of you screaming at home, yes, we will do a what's your most Sally Sparrowish moment and what's your most Donna Nobly moment. Absolutely. Um, most, El- most Elton Popey moment is definitely when, out of the kindness of his little heart, he decides that Jackie needs cheering up and he goes out to get pizza, and is proper happy because he realizes he loves Ursula, and he's just loving life. Yeah, that I love that. Mine is the fact that he just suddenly gets up randomly, starts dancing to ELO. Because same, same, yeah, very wholesome, very wholesome. Fair enough. Um, favorite quote, boy. I have two. Can I say mine first? Because I feel like you've got like ten. I, I think I've said most of mine, so I will skim back through, but I think I've got two big contenders. So please do go okay. first. I've got two. So the first one is obviously, here we are, complete strangers, and I'm flashing you my knickers. Huh. Like, you, you can't not have that in there. It's very good. But this one really cracks me up. So it's when Victor says, Bridget, don't make this personal. I don't like to be touched literally or metaphorically. Thank you very much. I haven't got the time. Bleeding hearts outside. It was that's one of mine. Oh, is it? Especially, especially the I don't like to be touched, literally or metaphorically. So like, <laughs> same, like same, same. Yeah. Christ. Okay, go on. Say the rest of yours. Um, I think I think I have I have managed to get all of them out in the episode, uh, other than one. You know, because there's there's some there's some great ones, like you say, you know, pub quiz, get them in, 
is great. You dabble with daily is having the genuine article club. Um, I'd say okay if I'm if I'm going to say two, I'll say what I've already said. Then my other one. So I think uh, if if I can't have that one, then my contender probably would be the Mister Skinner. Are you coming? Not to the Chinese, if you don't mind but <laughs> walking out, because uh, that really that really sent me. Um, and I genuinely I like the sentimentality of Elton's last words. When you're a kid, they tell you it's all grow up, get a job, get married, get a house, have a kid, and that's it. But the truth is, the world is so much stranger than that. It's so much darker, so much madder, and so, so much, much better. better. It's nice. What would you rate the episode out of five? We only do out of five here. I want to know yours first. <laughs> um. Uh, okay, it's it, I, it's four. Um, because I mean, it's not it's not perfect, is it? But also, it's no. so much better than anybody gives it credit for, and I have such a good time with it. Four is like my if I can acknowledge that it's not great, but it's just an absolute. I hate the word guilty pleasure, but it's a it's a guilty, guilty pleasure. pleasure. Yeah, it's it's a strong four all the all all the day. What, what would you say? Mine's three and a half. Boo. <laughs> Boo! Uh, <laughs> no. Um, no, three and a half for me. I think it, it, I was going to give it a four, but I did, that didn't feel right. I think three and a half is I, what yeah. it deserves, I, which no, is a really good no rating. Prob- yeah, I have no problem confidently giving it a four. The fact that I had to dabble between four and five should tell you everything you need to know. <laughs> no, but I love this episode. Yeah, we're going to get to some episodes that are really universally loved, and you're going to be like, you gave that a lower rating than Love and Monsters, and the answer is yes, I did, bitch. Yes. <laughs> yes. I can't wait. There are so many episodes I know that are going to be coming up, especially in Series 3. But Series 3 is a good series, but there are some episodes that I know people really like in Series 3 that I'm going to be going. We're going to piss some people off, I Worse think. than Love and Monsters, yeah. Yeah, no, we're going to piss some people off, I think. Anyway. Well, I, th- I hope you've all fetched a spade to <laughs> <laughs> wade through the amazing wrap-up. Of course, I'm sure next time we'll be talking about fear so that brings the curtains down on another wonderful episode of the come along the pond podcast i hope you had fun we certainly did yes so if you'd like what you if you like what you heard and you would like to support us monetarily you can do that on patreon that's patreon.com forward slash come along pond podcast we already have some amazing patrons like Lewis, Transgirl Orby, River, Bulldozer7113, Rebecca Judson-Smith, Jason, and Abby Potts. They all pledge to our only tier, the lowest tier possible. It is £3 per month. That is the companion tier. And for doing that, you get a shout-out on the show. But I understand the economy's in the toilet. Not everybody can afford £3 a month. I don't blame you. There's a cost-of-living crisis. But you can still engage with us in other ways for example you can get in touch with us on the emails if you have any strong thoughts comments questions queries that is come along pond pod at gmail.com if you want to be as cool as james as lucy and as louisa you can email us and you'll get read out on the show because we love you however thank you so much you can please please engage with us at tiktok you can find us over there come along pond podcast we post silly little clips funny little vignettes stories lots of different bits over there and it's just a great way to have some fun with us. You might think, God, there's no new Come Along Pond until Tuesday. What am I meant to do? Listen to our highlights and some of our lowlights over on TikTok. <laughs> lowlights. Brilliant. Lowlights. Um, however, if TikTok's not your thing and you are an angry keyboard warrior, you can follow us at Come Along Pond DW on Twitter because someone took our bloody username. Uh, we post over there weekly when the show goes live so that's a good space just to sort of find out general information 
we're also yeah we haven't got a massive base on there so chances are if you like shoot us a dm over there or tag us in something you're more likely to get a response from us on twitter uh but you can still also contact us on Instagram. Instagram is our main home. It's where we live, where we post stories, where we post updates, where we post anything that we find remotely entertaining. That is Come Along Pond Podcast. Send us a DM. We might reply to it. Depends when you catch us. But please know that is our home. And enjoy us as we enjoy you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really have much else to say. What a good episode. Get your... Finger out of your ass, just enjoy it for God's sake. Get your spades. Um, it's been lovely. It's been lovely join, being joined by you, Damla. Same to you, my love. As always, much, much fun has been had. As always, such fun. And incidentally, it's been lovely chatting to all of you at home as well. Um, yeah. I give you air from my lungs. <sighs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. You stupid man! (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.